and welcome to Everyone's Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. My name is Martin, and today on the podcast we have a very special guest. Her name is Abigail Kompst, and she is a Nashville-based singer-songwriter whose music combines influences of folk, pop, and jazz. So welcome to the podcast, Abigail. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Happy to be here. Excited to chat and talk about music. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Me and Abigail actually worked on a very special project together. We were producing music for a film, an independent film. Um, She was mostly doing writing the songs and producing demos, and I was helping her flesh out the demos and record a few extra things. And I'm very excited to talk about that and the process and our collaboration for that. We're going to save that for the second half, though, because first, I just want everyone out there to get a chance to get to know Abigail and who she is. So what brought you to Nashville? I think that's a good starting point. Yeah, um, I moved here for school. I'm sure you're familiar with Belmont University, Martin. Um, That's kind of where we met. Um, Yeah, I uh, came in freshman year to the songwriting program and minored in music business because that's what you should do when you go to Nashville, I guess. (laughs) Kind of happy to end up here doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that was my exact path as well. (laughs) Songwriting major, music business minor. Um, what, um, what was your entryway into music? Like, what were some of the first artists you really liked? What were some of the, like, the first time you really got into playing and or writing and so on? Well, my parents are both musicians. My mom's a, an actress. She went to Carnegie Mellon for musical theater. So there's just always singing at my house and, uh, we used to play in, church together and as I learned instruments and um, got more comfortable performing like that was a huge part of my childhood and um, I also like went to performing arts high school for classical guitar and um, did like musical theater with uh, Rainbow Company Youth Theater Um, and yeah just music everywhere Uh, started writing um well, I don't know. I feel like I've always just been writing, whether it's like singing to my dog or narrating what I was doing when like at recess. Um, but I guess like writing as therapy started like freshman year high school. Yeah, I love just the image of being on the playground in elementary school and just singing, narrating whatever is going on. <laughs> that is yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. So wait. Tell me more. So you went to a a private high school for classical guitar? What was that like? So it was a public school, but oh. we have um, like magnet schools. I don't know if that's a thing that um, everyone has, but yeah, I grew up in Las Vegas. So the high school was Las Vegas Academy and um, they had like all different artistic majors and we even had like foreign language program as well, but you could major in dance or musical theater and mine was guitar and it was very like classically based and um yeah what kinds of like composers or pieces were you learning was it like 
Like when I think of classical, I mostly think of piano classical because that's what I was raised on. But give me some like guitar classical eras or composers or whatever. Yeah, um, I played a lot of Villalobos. Um, he, all I know really, my my knowledge on this is like, it's, it's in the deep files of my brain. Sorry. But um, yeah, he had very big hands, so like playing his arrangements are were very <laughs> challenging for for my my hands. Um, but also like um, Bach has like there are pieces that are transcribed for guitar. Um, yeah, Villalobos, Bach, my favorite and like classmates favorite would be like Andrew York. He's a contemporary composer. We actually got to see him play at the college. Um, but he writes in like really cool tunings and even sings a little when he plays. And that was, yeah, Andrew York. I know a lot of us, when we, when we come to Nashville, sometimes we come from a place we're growing up where there aren't a lot of people making music. And then we get to Nashville and it's really saturated with everyone doing the exact same thing. Was that your experience or like, how did you navigate those types of things? That's a good question. Um, yeah, it was definitely like exciting in most ways, but of course you have your moments of like, oh my gosh, like, is there a place for me? Or why am I doing this if, like, there's a million other people who do it better? Or, you know, you have you have those thoughts. Um, but, like, with the saturation, as they say, like, there's just so much opportunity for collaboration. And um, I think, like, the writer I was freshman year had to get used to, like, writing with other people. But now it's like co-writing is one of my favorite ways to write. And uh, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll talk more about that later with the film because like I know, like I knew this before, but now just like with the film process, I fully like believe that collaboration is the best. Like that's what, that's why we do music and you're going to have a better product if you're working with other people, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. I I really, really agree with that. I think music is such a social experience and different people bring different perspectives to it. And no matter how good you think you are, without a doubt, other people will have strengths that you don't have and they'll be able to complement your weaknesses in other ways. And I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, writing songs all by yourself, producing songs all by yourself. I think that's um, important to get more confident in your ability to do those things on your own. But that being said, I think having a healthy balance of doing things on your own and doing things with other people socially, collaboratively is super, super, super important. And that is also something that I really struggled with as well, (laughs) moving out here and stuff. Um, what was your your entryway into like co-writing? I mean, they build it into the songwriting program, as I'm sure you know. Um, that's just because like that is how Nashville writing operates. Um, so just getting those random assignments with people in your class, and you're like, okay, let's write um, 
song based on this movie that we watched in class because it's it's due tuesday and like we got to figure out how we're all gonna work together (laughs) yes that sort of thing is so beautiful because it's just like writing with a lot of people sometimes you don't even know very well aside from just being in class together and given these like arbitrary assignments that sometimes it can seem like why are we writing this but it's like it's all for a purpose they, the professors know what they're doing. And even if you don't agree with every assignment, it's like a fun challenge. And that's something that I really miss. I really miss from being a student, just getting an assignment to write a song, you know? You know. I know, I know. <laughs> I'll, I can like send you writing assignments if you want. They're going to be <laughs> super crazy and random, and yeah. I, but I think you can handle it. Yeah, I mean, I I need I need something like that kind of motivation in my life because uh not to make this episode about me, but I've had uh trouble recently just finding motivation to write music. But um you're also involved in to to change topics. Uh, you're also involved in something called Bearhouse Writer Management. How did you get involved with that? What are you doing with them? Um, tell me, tell me more. Yeah, I'm I'm a brand new member. Um, this is my last semester at Belmont, but also my first semester at Bear House. And um, I'll say this because we're all friends here. But I I applied like every semester. Like I knew it was something that I wanted to do. Like all all the cool kids were in the club and. Um, like I got rejected so many times and like now that I'm in it, um, it, yeah, I, I guess I'm still like discovering what that totally is, but we've had like, um, they call them pitch meetings and you just get like feedback from like a few weeks ago we had Uh, prescription songs came in and did like a feedback session and then like universal music group like their publishing um person came in and gave feedback so I'm, i'm excited to be a part of it and i guess like just to anyone who has applied or like wants to apply just know that like your music is good no matter if you're in the club or not um it's just a kind of a weird thing that like I've learned a lot at Belmont just to kind of like have that like self confidence in your own music because you're going to get told no so many times and like, yeah, you're, you're going to be better for it, honestly. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's so many opportunities to get rejected (laughs) in the world and at Belmont, especially, um, you have to just develop thick skin and it's like, okay, whatever. I know the music that I'm making is good and I just have to sit with that and not rely on external validation so much. Um, but I mean, congrats on getting into the club in the first place. So my understanding is that it's kind of like, um, like the the Belmont Club version of a publishing company. So they're treating you like you're writers for them and they're setting you up with pitch meetings so that they can hear your songs and maybe helping you network or whatever. Can you tell more about like the uh just what it what it entails? Yeah. Um so they paired me with a manager last week. Um 
I wish I had more to say about this, but it's like, it's, it's brand new to me, but, um, yeah, we're, I like have some goals to book more shows and book more rounds and also like have more intentional rights. So that manager will be able to help me like organize and do more administrative stuff so I can focus on the creative that's always a good thing, having a division between the people that are great at the creative parts and the people that are great at the logistical, managerial, administrative, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I think I think you're going to do great things, and I think it's a great opportunity, and some of the, you know, the most talented writers from Belmont have come out of that club. So like definitely props for you for continuing to apply and trying again and again and again and not letting them say no, (laughs) basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you are, uh, you have a solo project and you're also involved in a band. The band I play with is called Connor and the Wild Hunt. Uh, I joined in April. Um, They found me on this like music app it's basically like tinder but for musicians it's called vamper yeah they found i posted like a video of a song i had written and uh they contacted me and at first i was like oh my gosh is this a scam like they they're saying that they're gonna open for the war and treaty like you know this sounds too good to be true but i uh i went out to one of their gigs and it was their first gig in nashville actually because they relocated from maryland um and they were real and they were really good. And I like, I, I teared up at one of the songs they played. And now we play it together. Lots of like um, three and four part harmony. Um, I'm playing electric guitar, acoustic guitar, and then new to the banjo. That was like a requirement of joining. They're like you have to learn how to play this. So that's been, that's been really fun. I'm glad to add that. Um, and then, yeah, we, we've been on a few little tours, uh, probably the most exciting thus far is opening for the Warren Treaty at Wolf Trap, which is like, um, for them that was, and, and me too, but I just didn't know about it. But like, if you grew up in Maryland, like that is where all the big tours go through. Like there are pictures of Dolly and Sting on that stage, just like in the dressing room. So that was really really cool um and then probably the best part is like uh my when I first joined they needed a bass player and I happened to be dating a bass player so my boyfriend and I get to play in the band together which has been so rewarding and like yeah I I really enjoyed that aspect yeah yeah that's really cool what um what what has been like the best part and the worst part of touring and playing out in live shows? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, there are just things that you can't anticipate on the road. Um, one, I mean, the first time we went out, I like lost my voice. I've never, ever lost my voice before. Uh, super weird. Um, but I finally got it back for like our last really big show. So, just like when the pressure is high and like things aren't going the way that you wanted them to, 
Um, on this last tour we did, our like van started smoking. Our Dodge Caravan. We were driving through the hills of West Virginia, and um, like two hours from a gig, and uh, yeah, the car the car broke down, started smoking. But so many people like stopped to help us. So if you're listening to this and you're one of those kind people that stopped for us in West Virginia, thank you. We owe you everything. We even made it to the gig. Like we were an hour late, but we played. They still paid us and like offered to put us up. And like, yeah, with all of the uh, unexpected things that happen, like people always come through and they're like, more cool unexpected things that happen yeah yeah that's it's really beautiful that everyone was helping and you still made it and you yeah <laughs> that's really cool what was what what was wrong with the van did you did you ever find out why it's like smoke can be like super dangerous because it's like if anything's on fire in a vehicle that is not not good <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right um okay if i remember correctly there was antifreeze sprayed all over the inside of the hood. So I think the piece was like a hose attached to the radiator. So just like that clamp had a crack in it and that's where the liquid was coming from and it wasn't able to like cool down whatever was smoking. So we actually like went to someone called the auto zone and, like, made sure they had the part, but AutoZone isn't allowed to, like, put the part on because some of them aren't, like, certified um, mechanics. So we put the park on um, in the AutoZone parking lot. Um, and the van was fine for the rest of the tour. And yeah, somehow. Wow. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to, to my dad trying to teach me the parts of a car and like understanding what's under the hood. And it just stresses me out so much. <laughs> yeah. oh. I'm surprised I remembered all those words. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it could have been completely wrong. But if someone can connect the dots yeah. and if that those parts make sense, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's like. What's the worst thing that could happen on a tour? Well, the, the vehicle that you're driving could break down. <sighs> wow. Cool. Yeah. So so tell me more about writing songs for yourself, for your solo project. Like, what sort of topics inspire you? I, I like writing about things that I'm experiencing. Like, it's hard to write about something you don't know and like now that I'm I'm in this groove of where I'm writing more and more, um, I'm set out to do like a hundred songs a year. That's my my goal. And um, like with that, it just it comes with this headspace of like where you kind of go through your day as a writer and like what can you turn into something. And um, like I I guess that that the writing that is most fulfilling to me is everything that like applies to life and like is created from sometimes mundane things um and also like I write a lot about emotions and like mental health I think and um that's just like selfishly for self-discovery and like healing but 
I think that's what people can connect to the most. And I feel like I'm most doing my job as a writer. Yeah, I love that. Just like the ability to take an emotion which can feel so messy and complicated and hard to describe and just being able to like put it into words that not only make sense, but also rhyme and fit within a melody. <laughs> That's a lot more, a lot more difficult than some people who have never written a song before realize. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, um, I, I really like your, that your music just feels very like grounded and centered to me. And you have a very good way of putting words together in a way that just cuts right to the right to the middle of it without needing to get into the weeds of all these you know miscellaneous random things it's just like this is what the song is about and this is how i feel and that's um really really good oh my gosh thank you (laughs) that means a lot uh quick random question um what kind of music when you're listening to it, not like your own music, but when you're listening to other people's music, in what circumstances might you feel chills? When like someone says something vulnerable in a way that it's never been said before. And I feel like Sarah Bareilles does this a lot. I love her writing. Um, and then like also in a, in a musical way, like, there's there's just musical moments that you can't describe but you just like feel them and you get those goosebumps um i and also like live performance um like i just always end up crying at concerts because you you like really get to experience these songs that you love so much and um like see the musicianship and like um yeah, that's that's incredible. And there's also like a huge part of that where you see someone like doing what you hope to do professionally like full time and it's just very inspiring and there's like a lot of emotion in there that leads to goosebumps and tears and all the wonderful things that music can make you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. I think um just like the the way that music can evoke all these emotions in us a lot of times like it's just it it happens so quick and it's like we we don't even understand why we feel that way sometimes but it's just a super powerful powerful emotion and i really love that music is able to do that and uh back when i was starting this podcast i think it was like episode seven i did a whole episode about chills (laughs) so it's just a really really interesting topic to me but um yeah cool do you want to talk about the film music um yeah so we were both involved in writing and producing songs for a film an independent film called Love is Life, which will be streaming very soon uh, to be determined with the release dates. But um, I will make sure to post about it on Instagram, of course. So just check my Instagram if you want to see the release date and things. But 
Yeah, so Abigail was actually the one who got me involved in the project. She was involved before I was, so I feel like it makes the most sense to have you tell your part of the story, how you first got involved, and yeah. Cool. Um, I guess it all started when, um, well, my brother uh, was college roommates with the director of this film, John Lee, and... uh, uh, we've just kind of, I think we've followed each other on Instagram. Maybe my brother talks about me and like what I'm up to. I don't know. There might be a little bit of that. Um, but he reached out. I'm pretty sure the the film was something he worked on for a thesis at school. Um, and uh, the music was either like from a library or like he didn't have the rights to it. So he needed all new music and... Um, yeah, that's where we came in with uh, replacing cues, pretty much. And um, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, here's this stock library song about love or whatever, and then you have to uh, figure out what is what is he looking for? Um, what's the vibe of the scene going to be? How can I write something that like takes this you know, is kind of like somewhat truthful to the to the reference of the initial song, but like put your own spin on it. Don't copy anything, obviously, because otherwise you're running into issues <laughs> with copyright. Um and just yeah, yeah, doing doing everything you can to make it a good song. So originally how many songs did he ask you to do? I think there were at least five or six. Um Maybe more. I mean, I I kind of uh, started with stuff that was in my wheelhouse, which is like the singer-songwriter um, or like even indie ballads. Um, and then all of the rock cues. I was grateful that you had stuff for that because I was like, what am I going to do with, with these rock cues? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did he like, again, cause I wasn't part of the initial songwriting process in most cases. Did he give you like a general topic that the song needed to be about or like in this scene, X, Y, Z is happening and therefore the lyrics need to also say X, Y, Z. Was there any of that? Yeah. He was pretty specific with what he wanted, which was great for me. Cause I, there's no inspiration, like like strict instructions. I you just, that's fun for me. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think like the, uh, the LA walk song or the Spanish song, like he definitely wanted that to be in Spanish and they were walking through the Hills of LA. So I just used what Spanish I knew, which was like walking in the Hills of LA. And, and that's how that, song came to be. I use my, my classical guitar. Vamos a caminar juntos Nosotros caminaremos Por las colinas Yeah, things just like fell together with, with his instruction and then just... I, I love the analogy of like the sandbox or like the you know, the perimeter of these are your instructions and like, these are your tools. 
And like, you can't get, really go wrong if you have defined those things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, there's always a chance that you could like write something that checked all of the boxes, but like that the the director could have just not liked it, you know, but you're a good enough musician and you have a good enough sense of what it is you're trying to write and how it is you're writing it, that it all fell into place really, really beautifully. And I would say like, you know, cause coming into it and I was just like blown away, like, wow, she wrote these on project on, on uh request. These weren't just like, things that she was inspired to write you know like they they are legitimate songs that stand on their own in my opinion i mean sure i'm biased whatever but <laughs> but i truly think that yeah they're just they're they're really good songs and it doesn't sound like you were just writing on assignment is all i'm trying to say well thank you i appreciate that yeah. i and that you touched on a, a few different things and um like with the writing and like hoping it works out and like the director likes it that's why like collaboration is so wonderful again we were were talking about that earlier there there's a a freedom of creating because you know that like someone else is gonna check your work and there were certainly times where like i sent john something and he like switched the order of the parts like he would want more instrumental in this section over dialogue and like i think that happens naturally like if you were um cutting any song like if it wasn't written specifically for the film um so yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean first of all the songs have to be good second they have to like match with the tone of the scene third they need to match editing wise with the scene which is a whole other thing because they have to be quiet when we're supposed to be focusing on the characters talking and there can be a little bit more room for louder lyrics in the song if it's just like a montage or something but that is a whole additional challenge as well (laughs) and I'm glad that um, I didn't have to like, you know, I'm not involved in the film editing or music editing side of that, but it would be like, we would be working on a song and then John would give feedback. Hey, yeah, so this scene actually lasts a few more seconds than the end of the song. Could you actually extend the outro to this song, right? But it like, um, for the Never Leaving song, um the end of the scene in the movie, it was just, it was like, we couldn't repeat the chord progression a whole extra time because then it'd be too long. But if we cut the whole, like, four bars of the chord progression, then it would be too short. <laughs> so um, the solution for that song in particular that I did to make it line up with the timing of the scene as, as John, the director, wanted it to, um, I just, I took the last chord and I just automated like one little spike of delay. <laughs> so it's just like the guitar going. And then the last chord is like delay. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Hi, and I think it worked. I think <laughs> it definitely worked. Oh yeah. my gosh. And now, like, I feel like this is a good segue into like how you got onto the project and like. I well basically I needed your help because I like songwriting got that 
making a little demo with some program drums and acoustic guitar and vocal, like, cool. But this soundtrack needed, like, better vibes and, like, bigger bigger sounds than I can currently create. So, um, yeah. Do you want to talk sure. about that? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm super honored that you, you reached out to me about this project as opposed to... You know, there's a ton of people who who make music out there, but um, yeah, it was it was really cool. You just you reached out and you're like, "Hey, would you like to do this project?" And I was like, "Heck yeah! It sounds like a blast." Um, on my own, I've been working on making music in sort of a cinematic vibe that could potentially work for like a trailer or an advertisement or like a movie. So just getting the opportunity to literally work on producing songs for movies was really amazing. Um, when I was brought into this project, there were, I think there were at that point, four songs that you had written, three of which you wrote all on your own. One was a co-write and you already had like pretty good uh, working drafts of the production for them. There was like, for the main theme song, Love is Life, you had uh, vocals, uh, background vocals, so many beautiful background vocals, like really great arrangement too, um, and several tracks of guitar um, for that song. And then for um, some of the other songs you had, like guitar and the the Logic drummer like the the virtual drummer in logic and i think is is that a drew ramsey recommendation songwriting professor or did you just figure that out um i don't know i i mean there are only so many options if you don't play drums and logic just comes with this like drum plugin that you can like move this dot around and it like makes different grooves and yeah no i i i'm sure he would recommend it i don't know (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I think he talked about it in one of my classes. With him, but, but it is it is so nice to just be able to to move a dot around and have that be the the drum. And it's like it doesn't sound the the most amazing thing, but just for like a quick and dirty demo, like it's it's more than it's more than enough. Like it's it's so much better to listen to the the virtual drummer in logic which actually just intuitively senses the rhythm and like puts fills in specific places and bars than it would be that is so much easier to listen to than um situations where non-drummers who don't have much production experience play the midi drums and it's like boom ka doom ka do boom ka ka like <laughs> very much yeah. so that was that was a good call on that on your part and honestly um while we did uh replace the drums for i think two of the four songs um so my my roommate will who goes by his artist name disc two um he did a great job we actually recorded him playing live drums in my bedroom that we're recording the podcast in right now and that was a really really cool process time consuming yes uh, mixing live drums, recording live drums, that whole process is a whole thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we did that for two of the four songs. And for the other two songs, I actually just used the virtual drummer tracks, but just uh, fleshed out the mixing a little bit more. Um, I took them off the the virtual version where you don't have too much control over it, and I converted them into MIDI notes 
and then was able to edit them and get a little bit more granular there. But yeah, I mean, just for like minimal, um, like coffee house vibes, which I think is one of the directions that John gave for the, for the Spanish song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can get away with it, you should try to like, um, but, but the live drums, like for the bigger songs, just totally bring it to life. And like, um, yeah, I'm so glad that your roommate is a drummer and he was willing to (laughs) hop on the project. Yeah, so let's let's play for the folks at home a little sample of the um the LA song, shall we? Yeah. yeah. So this is the LA song. This was co-written by Ewan Connor Shaw, who's also singing on it, and my roommate Will is playing the drums and he also mixed it. And that was Tom Davis on the on the bass? Yes. Okay. Here's a little sample of LA. Backseat, back street, we're on our way Where the men said no clouds today Nothing but sun Time to have fun Bags packed up, barely fit in the trunk Most of it's probably needless junk But anything flies on the floor Yeah, so that was a really fun song to put together. And a fun thing on that, um, John, the director, was saying that he wanted it to be very much like campy, sing-along, like road trip vibes. So for the last chorus, I was like, Abigail, we got to make like a big stacked um, like group vocals, like gang harmonies, whatever you want to call it. And that was uh, what we were doing. Was um, we had the song on loop on the on my computer, and then we were literally had the mic in the middle of the room, and then we're uh, running around the room for different points to get different levels of distance from the mic, and just singing it. <laughs> that was so fun. Yeah. Just like red light, green light, like new take. New yeah. new position, yeah. just like running yeah. around, but it turned out great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like first take, I'm over in the corner. Second take, I'm crouched under the microphone. Third take, I'm like uh, shouting like over the microphone or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so we can play a little little sample of that chorus and how all those stacked vocals sounded in the mix, just briefly here. LA. So that song was really, really fun. It was really great that Will was able to play drums and do um, a lot of the mixing. I did. Uh, my contribution was more like overseeing things for that and less like <laughs> direct involvement. But I also played a little bit of organ on it too, or like like MIDI organ. 
Um, we wanted to play the real organ because we have, I forget, I think Will was actually talking about this on my podcast with him back in the day. Check out the episode with Disc 2. Uh, anyway, uh, talking about the organ that we got, but we weren't able to record the organ. That was so frustrating because it was something about the cable connection wasn't working. So we ended up just doing uh, MIDI organ. But um, yeah, so yeah, so that was fun. Um, what else is interesting? Oh, I played ukulele on some of the songs, <laughs> uh, which is crazy because I'm not a ukulele player at all. I just happened to get one in high school and I still can't play like a basic chord progression on ukulele, <laughs> but, um, I just, I was like, these songs need a little bit of extra sparkle. So I just played a little bit of like, like high uh plucking on the ukulele so maybe i'll play just right here a little little sample of just the ukulele by itself so here is that and then here is the ukulele in the overall mix of the song Yeah, so that was fun. Uh, I did like other random touches here and there, little editing things for Love is Life, the main um, like title track to the movie. Um, I added a bit of MIDI strings uh, to make it sound nice and full and cinematic. A little touch of piano. And at one point, John was actually like, oh yeah, the piano is too loud. You need to turn it down. And so I did. Um, I'm not one to argue and fight against feedback. <laughs> um, and yeah, what else, what else am I missing about, I feel like we, we, we went through a few rounds of revisions with John, but it wasn't anything like major, like we needed to rewrite the whole song. It was more like just edit specific sections for the timing, I think. Yeah, there was a really fun edit for LA where we we punched in Palm Springs because in the in the film they're like driving past a sign that says Palm Springs. I think I don't know if I remember correctly, but wasn't that like also a gang vocal? Yeah, yeah. So the the song is about LA and like you sing LA a lot in the chorus, but John was like, wouldn't it be really, really funny if right as they're passing the Palm Springs songs in the part where it would have been LA, it just says Palm Springs instead. Um, and yeah, I, uh, so you re-recorded your vocals to have it say Palm Springs, but then it was missing the male vocal because, um, I think at that point, Connor Shaw was a little bit less involved in the pro. Like, like he was really helpful playing the instruments and co-writing that particular song and singing on a few songs. But um, I was just like, this is not something we need to call up Connor to do. I'm just going to sing the Palm Springs myself. So for literally for that one part in the song, um, the Palm Springs, Palm Springs. Uh, that's that's me singing, and everything else that's male vocals in that song is is Connor. But I just had to insert myself in that one part. Well, I guess I also did do the the, the gang vocals at the end, but that's like blended 
blended in with the mix. Yeah, I'm in there. Am I super insecure about my own voice? Yes. Have I never released a song with myself singing in it on Spotify? Yes, that is also true. (laughs) But will I sing the background vocals when it's super buried in the mix? Absolutely, yes. Um, So that was fun. Uh, Yeah. At one point in the process of working on the song, uh, the, the process of working on the songs for the movie, John said, we really need a a rock song, like an indie rock song that fits in with the scene and sort of tells the story of what's going on in the characters' heads. Um, in this scene, the... Uh, I mean, I haven't seen like the full edit of the movie yet. Fingers crossed it'll be released very soon. But basically, two of the main characters are at a party. They're by themselves in a room, sitting down together, having this emotional conversation on the bed, just talking and um then the door opens and this this other girl walks in who now the guy is super infatuated with and now the the girl that he was just talking with feels jealous so uh <laughs> the director wanted us to um uh, well he wanted he wanted a rock song that like describes exactly what's going on in this dude's head um, and how crappy of a situation it is for the other people involved. <laughs> and um, as Abigail is, you're not really a rock person. Um, I was thinking, well, I mean, Will plays guitar and drums. Will has all the ingredients to make rock. I could potentially write a song with Will, my roommate. And so... um. John was down, uh, the director, he gave us a little bit of guidance, just lyrically, but not too much. It was basically like, this is just what the scene is, and here's how, uh, like, loosely the style that I think it would be good in. Um, and then and then we, we wrote the song in, in not too long to produce, like, a simple instrumental guitar, drums, bass. Me and Will are both playing the bass on it, and Will is doing everything else. He's playing guitar, he is programming the drums he's singing on it um and i think it turned out good i i would say (laughs) uh it's called irresistible um and it's about how irresistible she is Ooh, spicy Ah. (laughs) but um so that that was fun um yeah and the the john john's feedback on that was basically like okay so Love the song, love the vibe, love the chorus. But the first verse in particular, that was supposed to be a part where in the film, the people are talking over it. So it actually, it starts out like you're just hearing the song on the radio at the party. Um, And then the volume, as the scene changes, the volume of the song turns up and it becomes more like like a score, like this is describing what's going on as opposed to this is just music in the background. And anyway, so John was saying that in the beginning, in the first verse, um, the the way me and Will had written like the the lyrics and the melody were a bit too front and center and competing with the dialogue. Uh, like it was hard to hear what the characters were saying when uh, this part of the song was playing. So he asked us to rewrite the first verse and to instead write a melody like Billie Eilish, which is a great, a great 
reference and uh billy eilish gets referenced all the time for like film projects and things because <laughs> she has such a distinct vibe and it works really well for um the cinematic stuff so uh anyway um so so we wrote the we wrote the billy eilish verse using sort of the same structure for the lyrics but a totally different melody and a little bit lower in the mix so just for fun let's play the original version right here and then we're going to listen to the second version but first here's the original you and me we're doing just fine but maybe i'm wasting my time my eyes try to find somebody inside of my mind and then here is the billy eilish verse And then there was the saxophone song. Yeah. Do you remember the saxophone? The the sexy saxophone <laughs> song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you could talk about this more than I could. Yeah. But Martin came in clutch with the, the saxophone <laughs> song. We didn't know what we were gonna do. <laughs> Yes. Um in the in the notes for the um like the cue sheet or the the list of songs that John needed, one of them that was not finished already was a saxophone thing to uh, score a makeout scene. Not not a not a super steamy makeout. Like we're not getting X rated here. That come on guys. Uh but it's like um just a little bit of kissing action and he's like there needs to be a little bit of saxophone to like make it super sarcastic and ironic like this is the most cliche music that could be playing in a scene like this. <laughs> so I was like, heck yeah. I play saxophone. So I just um took a day one afternoon and uh recorded this really short sexy saxophone song which is super ironic especially because i identify as asexual and don't have any of those feelings anyway (laughs) but it just made it all the more hilarious and um yeah (laughs) it was fun (laughs) so I, I love the way that turned out. It just it makes that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So overall, overall, I would say it was a really, really fun opportunity. Really good to uh, be able to make music not for myself, but in service of something greater than myself. And it was really, really great collaborating with you, Abigail, and collaborating with Will and with everyone else who played on the songs. Um, again, Connor Shaw both played on the LA song and he was singing on, I think three of the four songs. Um, and Tom, what's Tom's last name? Great. Tom Davis playing the bass. And I mean, this project was at the front and center for a few months. So like, you know, you'd just be hanging out and be like, listen to this. And then he'd, he'd throw down a little electric guitar part just for fun. And yeah. Gotta give him credit there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Fantastic. Uh, and then the last little tidbit of information is that 
there was one other party scene where there was music on the radio playing, but like this is only supposed to be music on the radio as opposed to the other song, um, which acted as score as well. And anyway, for the for the radio song, um, John was like, "Yeah, it just needs to be like a really fun." upbeat rock cue and so i actually i pitched to him a song that i had written and released in 2017 which is such a long time ago (laughs) but it's like literally the one rock song that i have that's out on spotify and he liked it and he thought it fit really well i i of course it was supposed to be like a four minute cue and the song is only like around three and a half minutes so i had to like make a little snippy snip in the editing (laughs) and kind of like duplicate one of the sections to make it fit the length but it worked out and it was good and i'm very excited for the movie to come out i'm very excited for um excited for the soundtrack album to come out hopefully eventually the movie will definitely come out first hopefully within this month and we don't know when the soundtrack album is coming out but yeah it'll be good it'll be really good yes we'll we'll have to have like a watch party or something and celebrate because there's a lot of hours that went into that and i'm sure (laughs) we're all excited to see it yeah, for real, for real. Um, yeah, do you have any other parting thoughts about the film project or just life or or anything you wanted to you wanted to say? Yeah, this was a really great project for growth and also like meeting new collaborators and like developing that working relationship. Um, yeah, it's not all the time that you get an opportunity to like work on like music for TV where you can kind of like take more time. Um, cause it's a very fast pace as I'm sure, you know, like the sync world, it, you know, it has to be like ready now. Um, so this was just like a, a fun creative endeavor that like resulted in something, um, really cool. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I could not could not agree more. Um, to more success and good fortune and similar projects in the future, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I have uh, two last questions for you. These are questions that I ask uh, everyone that comes on the podcast. The first is: Do you have anything in particular that you would like to promote? Slash, where can people find you? okay um you can find me on everything abigail comst none of that is easy to spell but a-b-i-g-a-y-l-e and then k-o-m-p-s-t um yeah german last name thank you parents um but yeah i'm on instagram probably the most and uh i should have new music coming out like end of the month um playing an opening gig for Colrider and the Night Owls at Third and Lindsley, March 9th. So that that'll be a full band show and um a good time. Amazing. Yes. Please look her up, listen to her music, slash tickets, pre-sale in bio, right? <laughs> that link is there. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, my last question is, what do you 
see? What do I see? What does that mean? <laughs> What do I see? I see there's a Great Dane in the corner over there. He's behaving himself. We've been podcasting for a long time, and he only needed to go to the bathroom once. Um, I see a sparkly lava lamp that I kind of want to get one now. <laughs> and I see a wonderful friend and podcaster. Aww. Thank you so much, Martin, for taking me on this journey. And uh, I hope some of what I said made sense. This is like a new thing for me to be <laughs> podcasting, but I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. That's really sweet. Um, can you ask me what do I see? What do you see, Martin? I see your water bottle, and it has a lot of great stickers on it. I recognize the Sweetwater sticker because Sweetwater sells a bunch of amazing music equipment and that's where I got this microphone that we're recording the podcast with and my monitors that are sitting on my desk right now. Anyway, another sticker on your water bottle is like an octopus? What? And then there's like a bear? Oh, the bear is Connor and the Wild Hunt. Right. And that's the band that you were talking about playing with. Right. Um, what's the What's the octopus? That my my boss gave that to me. I work at the farmers market, and there's like a vendor that we get cards from, and she sent us some free stickers. So that is that story. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love random, random trivia like that. Cool, great. Well, this is really fun. Thank you so much. Um, good thing we're wrapping up because. Uh, the lovely dog or Ryan needs to go outside again, I guess, or he's just getting antsy. But um, Ryan, do you wanna do you wanna say something and do the podcast? Do you wanna bark or something? Let people know you're here. All right, some sniffing. That's all you get. Great. <laughs> Okay, uh, this has been really fun. Check out Love is Life, available streaming, details coming soon. Check out Abigail's music, and until next time, bye-bye. Bye.